Man, it's it's October. It's Halloween season. We're getting into getting deep into fall. It's my favorite time of year. It is beautiful. Good Monday afternoon, everybody here. Hey, so right, fall, dude. Yes, football, well, football, football. Go Red Sox too. Football. Huge Red Sox Yankees game right tonight. On, but yesterday, baby. even bigger game for us mass holes was yes. the homecoming of yeah. Tom Brady to Foxborough. The Patriots fans cheered him and they gave him his adulation as he walked on. But you know what? Kind of respected it. Then they booed him during the then game. Then they booed him they, when he came out for the game. Yeah, they cheered him Absolutely. after. But I gotta say, Belichick, I gotta say, very weak move, kicking the field goal in the driving rain, fifty-six yarder. You're, what's the upside? You're giving the ball back to Brady with about a minute and five seconds. He'd have two timeouts. You know exactly what happens. You know the ending to the story. <laughs> you just wrote it sooner with your doink. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he was setting up Brady one last time to to do it, man. I don't know. I, I, you go for the higher percentage, right? Yeah. If he was kicking it for the for the tie, I'd have been much more upset. But but why are we not talking about Lizard Boy on the sidelines? Oh, Steve Belichick. Yes. What was that? About, well, I think man? he's. It's just another sign of the apocalypse, right? Like the there's a 16 mile long oil slick over at Huntington. Beach. Uh, Christmas is getting ruined because you won't have presents. Yes. Uh, there's no soda for you anymore because Coca-Cola has been reduced to bulk shipping. There's a pandemic going on. Containers cost $20,000. Grab your umbrellas, boys and girls, because the forecast calls for frogs. That's right. Man. Oh, I mean, Belichick's son with the mullet. Yeah. Holy mackerel. Hey, we get some awesome guests. We got Radu on coming up soon. We're oh, going to yeah. talk a bunch of memes awesome. with him. We're going to yeah. go over to UMass Amherst and talk to Professor over there, Anna Gurney, see what's oh, going on with good. students always back to in-person, educating the students of America. We'll also find out about ag and exports and ag tech with Indigo, Katie Houston. Oh, yeah, from yeah, Katie. So we got a lot of stories to get to. We'll get into it, but first got to tip the band. So autonomous trucks are coming with huge potential windfall. If you're ready to seize it, start re-engineering your supply chain for autonomy today. Contact Locomation at Tellum, dude. Hey, go to locomation.ai for turnkey solutions immediately after the show. Headlines. All right, let's get into it. What's happening? All right, despite exodus of empty containers, U.S. exports are hitting new highs. Our own Greg Miller reports. He says, uh, well, this is actually a quote from Gene Soroki kicks us off with. And he says, yeah. our largest export commodity continues to be air. Sweet. Ooh. Bang. Nice. Um, he, uh, Gene Soroki is the executive director of the Port of Los Angeles. He's also our keynote speaker at Ocean Waves on Wednesday, which is happening uh, all day, October 6th. Go to live.freightwaves.com. To register, but he's talking about, he says that's certainly true at the port where exports mostly are filled with air. Far more empty boxes leave than full ones. We're not a huge exporting nation over here, despite that trade war we tried to do. Uh, so they can be reloaded quickly in Asia. Big problem because the containers come here, they've been held up forever. You know, they've been held up 60, 70 days, and they got to go yeah. all the way back to Asia empty. to be put back into circulation. Yeah, empty. But the value of goods, U.S. goods, in the first seven months of the year topped those in any previous January, July period, according to the Census Bureau statistics, reaching nine. $990 billion, Duner. Outbound cargoes of soybeans, corn, coal, liquefied natural gas, which is LNG, and liquefied petroleum gas, LPG, are all up, while sales of crude and refined products are still healthy despite COVID fallout. Mm. Well, so, smaller agricultural goods and foods exporters have been particularly hit hard by the shortage of export containers. Their plight is one of the drivers of legislation to reform the Shipping Act. And, uh, you know, dude, we're going to go inside the story deeper when Katie comes on. She'll know. Katie oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's we'll going to know quite a bit more. Section, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, UPS has successfully appealed, right? They've, this, $27, this $27 million nuclear verdict, $27 would not be nuclear. That would be, you know, a, a, ta- a fee. Yeah, but it was 40 bucks fee. that caused this whole thing. Well, it was. Well, John <laughs> Kingston has the report on this. He says a $27 million-plus nuclear verdict against UPS handed down in 2019 has been overturned by a Texas appellate court and remanded to the trial court for a requirement for a venue change. This is a really interesting one. The original case was heard in the Texas 58th District Court in Jefferson County, but the order handed down Thursday by Judge Charles Crager of the Texas 9th Court of Appeals remanded the case of Harris County, remanded the case to to Harris County, Texas, home of the city of Houston. That's exactly right. UPS and Byron Beiser, the driver from the 2018 wreck that was at the heart of the case, argued that the suit should not have been heard in Jefferson County yeah. at all, where the $27 million verdict was imposed. That verdict came from a bench trial, right? Not a jury. And the judge, Kent Walston, imposing the penalties. Neither Harris County nor Jefferson County are where the wreck actually occurred. The 2018 wreck actually occurred in Louisiana on Interstate 10 in a parish which named I cannot pronounce. Yeah, and now the, the, <laughs> the appeal came in because it wasn't even in the right venue and location. Yeah. It kind of made an easy win here for UPS. That yeah. doesn't mean it may, may not be heard again, but this all resulted over a $40 fee. I mean, it resulted over the, the tragic accident, but a $40, a late filing $40 jury fee is what had it put in that district, and now right. it's going to get moved. This is a really dense one. Go to FreightWaves.com for sure and read John Kingston's um, thing. Also, here's a quick one for you as well. Driver Clearinghouse 10th Street has been acquired by Province Equity Partners today. John Paul Hampson has that on on uh, lock as well. Check that out on FreightWaves.com. But uh, big hiring in the trucking space. People want a lot of help with it. Recruiting, big thing. You've all heard about the great resignation and, uh, you know, some money coming in from that as well. But we have a great guest on tap. So why don't we get over to my man, my international meme broker himself. It is Radu. <laughs> He's the managing director of Europe and Asia over at Alcott Global and my brand new WhatsApp buddy. What's up, Radu? <laughs> All good. And this is my, I don't know if I should put my meme face on or, I mean, I think my natural face is a, is a meme face already. So <laughs> okay. well, what's your be here. Is your meme <laughs> face anything like Steve Belichick's? I don't know if you saw that game last night, but Steve Belichick was like. The, yeah, <laughs> licking the raindrops. Uh, I don't know what he was doing, man. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't see that one. But my, my mother used to tell me that I have the face for radio. So I, I, I always took that as a compliment. <laughs> well, well, is that Excellent. why you moved to Singapore? What are you doing in Singapore right now? Well, I, I'm actually in Barcelona at the moment. Ooh. So Ooh. I'm um, I'm dialing in from Barcelona with a crappy internet because I, I unfortunately don't have <laughs> good quality internet yet. Um, but I ended up in Singapore, which has been home for 13 years through some sort of accident, really. I mean, I was coming from Romania, where I'm originally from, Eastern Europe. And uh, I just thought at that point in time that Asia is the place to be. And, you know, I ended up in Singapore, uh, which I thought is China. Uh, Just for the record, it isn't. I found out in 2008 (laughs) when I got there. It's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful island. Um, And it's a great, uh, as many of you know, great shipping and maritime as well as aviation center. Now, if you're on LinkedIn, I can't imagine you not. And if you're in supply chain, I can't imagine you haven't seen posts from Radu. He does very well on there. He's very connected with the community. But just in case you're not, not everyone's on LinkedIn. Radu, what do you do? What should people know about you? Uh, On top of the meme thing. So so for a living, because nobody pays me to share memes, I think most people try to run away from me when I send memes to them. Uh, For a living, we we are in the headhunting and recruitment business. So Elkett Global is an executive search uh, firm that works across supply chains. So whether it's the transport, 
shipping, maritime sector, whether it is manufacturing companies, whether it's software as a service within supply chain and technology firms. So we, we tend to place executive level within those companies. And then we have another arm that, that more looks into events, trainings, development. So let's say preparing the next level, C minus one, C minus two, to become the next CEOs of the future. So those are the two main things that we do. And, and then hopefully we also try to share a lot of content and, and good information with the community. And my mission is to share the best memes about the industry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you do an excellent job of that. Welcome to the show, Radu, and, and very pleased to, to meet you, sir. Uh, so in, in your experience, you're doing your, 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 uh, your executive search globally. How is that going globally? We know all the difficulties we're having here in the U.S. Globally, what is the situation like? Uh, look, it's, uh, for us, it's, it's, it's been a boom. So, so um, without um, exaggeration, we are drowning in work. I think uh, finally, after what has been probably too long, most companies have had a rough awakening that without supply chain, they're dead. Um, I think all of them have had to reinvent, redo, rethink how they did things. That usually also involves new blood, fresh blood, new skills, new type of um, people um, brought into the organizations. Hence, for us, it's it's just been extremely, extremely busy, busy all over the world. So we have we're working on assignments now, literally across uh, Middle East, uh, Asia, Africa, Europe, North America, not so, uh, LATAM as well. We have an office in Costa Rica. Um, a, a little bit less. So I have, we haven't reached yet Argentina, Chile, Brazil as much as we would like to, but pretty much we we are busy all over the world. And I think for a change, supply chain has come. Uh, of age has come to the forefront of most CEOs, most board members. Again, still many of them may not fully understand it, but at least they know the term now. At least they very well understand that without it, they, they're probably going to go bankrupt. So I think that's a huge step forward for the profession, for the industry at large, uh, from a logistics and transfer perspective. And, and hopefully it's going to stay like this for, for a long time. And we're going to see more and more board members uh, appointed from supply chain. We're going to see more CEOs coming through the ranks of supply chain. And I think that overall is a good trend for, for all of the professionals. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, with the sort of mainstream of, of mainstreamification that freight has been going through because of, of the, this global issue that it is, now it's impacting everyone. And I don't know if it's the same where you are, but in the United States right now, um, the cat's out of the bag that shipping's been pretty bad. Inventory levels aren't as high as they should be. And, you know, a lot of stuff, you might go into Walmart now and you'll see some toys on the shelf to get from your kids, but there's nothing to replenish it. So what a lot of people are saying is you need to go out and buy those now. And like yeah. most people, you're not going to really care about supply chain until you can't find that toilet paper on the shelf or you know that cabbage patch kid cabbage patch kid i'm really dating myself that wow. ps5 who's buying a cabbage patch kid i in don't 2021 know. radu's got a huge collection but radu so is this is this bringing in new executives to the field is this increasing interest is that a byproduct of what's happening it is it is um absolutely and uh, uh well i i remember my a good friend of mine daniel stenton maybe maybe you guys know him mr oh, supply yeah. chain oh, yeah. so he was telling sure. me a story of uh when the ship got stuck in Suez, right, where the Evergreen ship got stuck, one of the, the CEO of one company called his head of supply chain and said, yeah, I understand that the ship is stuck, 
But can you get our container out of it? <laughs> can you send some, you know, helicopter or something? Just get our stuff out of it. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Um, Radu, hold on. Radu, Radu, Radu. We might have a business year. opportunity Still here. Still the level of understanding, let's say, that I'm, I'm emphasizing a little bit now. Obviously, the hope is an extreme example, and I hope most CEOs are not in that position. But still, there's a lack of full understanding of what is actually supply chain and, and how how does it work at sea level, where more and more education and, and more and more information is coming out. And, and you guys have seen, right? So obviously, freight waves is a great beacon of information. But I think what is happening also very nicely in the last six months, and I've been I mean, I'm not an expert in the intricacies of the industries per se, right? I mean, even even I was approached, so I referred other people that are well better knowledge than than I am by all these newspapers, right? So you see it in CNN, Bloomberg, Wall Street Journal, you name it, right? Um, Guardian, BBC, they're all talking about it, and they're talking about it because it's a massive, massive thing. And, and we as consumers, normal, you know, my daughter, for example, does not have her iPad yet, and she's at school for a year before. Weeks ago, if she restarted wow. the school, she doesn't have it because of the chip crisis, right? So even she knows that there's a supply chain issue of chips. So to your question, uh, Timothy, to your question, you know, are we going to see more, you know, a new inbreed of executives? And even fundamentally, are we going to see almost a fun, almost all of them should have some fundamental supply chain understanding, right? Are we seeing that? Yes. Is it happening fast enough? Depends on the Company, I would almost argue that the ones that are not fast enough will suffer, and 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 even some of them will will run out of business. Um, but I think there is an, an understanding and a, and a level of urgency at CEO and board level that they need to act fast. Also, what we are seeing, the level and the speed of implementations, whether it's technology, visibility to software as a service tools, right? Gone are the days where you have to wait three years for the SAP Oracle or God knows what type of systems to be implemented. I think nowadays you, you do in four to eight weeks and it has happened and it has proven to work. So I think that type of combination of skill between supply chain, understanding networks, understanding partnerships with the technology layer, that is kind of the sweet spot and obviously the leadership piece, which is getting teams together to execute. That kind of makes the future present leader in supply chain and organizations at large. So, Radu, as, as these corporations try to kind of undo this reliance on third parties and intermediaries for their supply chain, right, which is part of this cause, right? They've become lax in understanding because it's a pain in the butt. It's a cost center. Let somebody else, a professional, do it. Sure. We don't need to do it. Now they're trying to bring that back in. There's a lot of hiring mistakes, I would imagine, that could happen. What are some of the disasters that you've seen in, in recruiting? <laughs> that I can talk about. I guess. <laughs> that you heard, that you heard, that you heard from Daniel Stanton. Names. <laughs> Without being shot and <laughs> skinned. Um, well, look, it's. I, I don't know if it's necessarily now that it's. I mean, obviously, when, when you hire more, there, there's more more likely that you you make mistakes. I. I I don't know if it's necessarily related to this period, but at large, I think companies make this mistake over and over again that they're not necessarily one, they're not necessarily clear on what the hell are they trying to do, right? So um, there's not a clear stakeholder alignment. There's sometimes a knee jerk reaction. And of course, that happened a lot, right, during COVID. But you need to have some sort of 
you know, at least a baseline understanding of, okay, we are all pulling in the right direction and the same direction if you're going to make it work. Otherwise, you end up hiring super smart people, chief transformation officer, head of digital uh, innovation, whatever you want to call them. But they're going to ultimately fail because it's not supported internally in the organization. So I see that as a big problem. And also, a lot of CEOs and board members, somehow they think miraculously just because they appoint this whatever it may be again, whatever name, you know, let's let's throw out of the box chief transformation officer, right? I mean, whatever, right? Head of supply chain, whatever it might be, right? Without proper support, all of this is going to fail, right? So if they're going to launch an initiative where they want to put a visibility system in place of the, in the organization, but the CEO is, is not involved or is not giving enough support, obviously that person, no matter how qualified or smart he or she may be, is going to face problems. The organization will fight against it. Change, we never like change as human beings. Mm-hmm. So the consistent, well, hopefully when we when we step in, we try to make sure that we don't step into searches where this alignment is not there and we, we see ourselves as, as having a role. And whether it's ourselves or other executive search firms, I think they should have a role of making sure people are aligned, right? So that you don't start something with, without the proper fundamentals of alignment. Um, but that's where a lot of companies get it wrong. They 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 uh, they don't have that alignment. More so, some of the stakeholders actually pull in different directions, and then whoever you're going to hire is going to fail. So I think that's that's one. Two, there's another disaster or you know uh, problem with shiny objects, right? We run after shiny objects. Okay, let's you know. Okay, I'm going to throw some buzzwords at you. Machine learning, artificial intelligence, blockchain, you name it, right? Let's just do the next cool shit because it's like we heard it, we read it, we, you know, some firm published a report, we need to do that, hire a person who can do that, right? But again, like, what's the purpose? Why do you do what you do, right? So it's, it boils down to fundamentals. Are you sure? Are you clear on why are you trying to do that? Because if you aren't, no matter how smart you cannot hire Elon Musk, right? <laughs> He's going to fail. So, um, so I think this, this, these are some of the things that immediately come to my, I guess, come to my, uh, to my head. Now we're going to break down some memes in a second here, but rather tell me this, why do you use memes? Why are they powerful in supply chain? And do you ever get any heat from Alcott about maybe being too much of a meme Lord? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I get a lot of heat from a lot of people, uh, but that's, that's my filtering mechanism, right? So I've kind of, uh, I mean, I'm still struggling with it. I think we're all on this journey of self-acceptance, but I, I use it as a filter. So if you don't put up with my memes, no need to work with us. Um, <laughs> now, of course, you know, maybe the team at Elcott you know, may think that we, we would have more business if I didn't take this approach. I prefer to work with people that like memes. So, you know, <laughs> no, I, I, it's, look, it's, like, it's like that. I hear you. It usually has people that have a sense of humor who likes on those, who like those things. And a lot of times they do make easier people to deal in business with because they realize that supply chain is a messed up thing and it can be problems and hiring can, can have a lot of problems and it can be hurdles. So you find some people who maybe are a little bit more uh, tolerant and and have a sense of humor and maybe make your job a little bit easier as you make, you make theirs. Now there was a great meme by the market tunist that came up this morning. It's starting to go viral online. You even WhatsApped it to me. I've been seeing it all over Twitter and this is what we've been talking about. All these Christmas gifts going out. Let's take a, Let's take a look at this one. She's sitting on Santa's lap over here, right? Yeah. And uh, what is she saying? She wants an Xbox. Santa says you can't get it because the chip shortage. What, what's that next one say? She's got a uh, Vans. Factory slowdown. <laughs> she wants Vans. Brats. Raw materials. Lululemon. Bottleneck at the port. 
I should have been naughty this year. We're out of coal, too. Yeah. That's awesome. I need contact lenses for uh, I <laughs> need contact need lenses contacts, for, for... man. I got my trifocals on. I can read that. Rattle, how true is the meme? <laughs> Rate the meme on a scale, uh, on the Radu scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the best. Look, it's pretty good. Um, eight. I would I would give it an eight. Wow. Um, All right. But the better the better one that I've seen, and it wasn't even a meme. It was a, it was a joke, a pun, I guess. Um, uh, did you see that one which said that I have a supply chain joke for you, but you might not get it for a while. Yes, <laughs> no, that's I good. I have a supply like chain that. joke for you, but you might not get it for a while. <laughs> so no. that that's the one that I rate, I would rate because it kind of you know this one is straightforward, right? This uh, but that one you had to think a little bit. I was like, what the what. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Those are the best ones. The ones that hit you when you're walking out of the room. Um, one of the big storylines that had been going on last week was the energy crisis in England, right? They're out of gas. And um, one video you sent me has a, a gentleman on a resorting to taking a horse to get some gas, leading a horse instead to water. To Let's take a look. Queuing for petrol, but I'm on a horse. I'm on a horse. I'm on a horse. I don't need petrol because he runs on carrots. He runs on carrots. He runs on carrots. I don't need petrol because I'm on a horse. Wow. So, well, first of all, Radu, that one's fantastic. I really like this song. I, hopefully there's not a carrot shortage anytime soon. With Brexit, it, there may be. I don't know. You, the carrot grower population over you there. Never, well, they'll just get the military in to start carrying carrots. Well, it's funny to us in America, too, because we just had this situation this summer with the Colonial Pipeline hack where everyone just, like, panic bought a bunch of gas. Yeah. We didn't have anyone on horseback. But is that gas situation getting any better? I, I don't know. I haven't checked on my, on my British <laughs> friends and... Uh... I mean, you know, in Europe, I guess. So I'm, I'm. So we are, we have European Union, right? And and they voted Brexit, right? They voted to leave. So there is a certain sense of um, obviously it's not a it's not a great situation that they're in. But at the same time, if you ask a normal person on the street in Europe, I think they would be like, yeah, but they did it themselves, right? Yeah. <laughs> they voted out. Well, now deal with it, right? So yeah. Um. So the fuel shortage is one. There's not. I mean, I think there were a couple of memes circulating. There's not a lot of truck drivers either, right? So there's most of the truck drivers. And funnily enough, a lot of them left to Ireland, right? Which is just across the border. And a lot of qualified workforce went there. It's a, it's a lot. I, I think there's going to be, a, in the short term, they're going to have several problems, uh, continue to have several problems. Hopefully they fix it. I don't, I don't wish ill to anybody. But for the next six months, I don't know if the situation will be rosy in the UK. Let's I'm take no a expert, look. But I'm just. <laughs> Let's take a look at this bus. I mean, this kind of speaks to what's going on. See, the real truth can be uh, can be found in the memes, Michael. Vincent. Yes, I can. well, it is. They are the truth. Can you, can you read that one for me? I can't see that. For me, you. we have no fuel for this bus, but that's okay because we have no drivers either. <laughs> Yeah, you guys like hawk, vision like a hawk. This is fantastic. That's a fantastic one. Well, another one that we showed, we actually showed this one last week, and this was, Radu, you've probably seen all the supply chain articles online. After a while, I get sick of looking at the same shipping containers, right? This one, shorting of sh shortage of shipping container stock photos threatens supply of supply chain articles. Write the meme. No, this is the, I loved it. I saw this on your LinkedIn. I just, I just thought this is brilliant. <laughs> so now we're going to see more uh, photographers also going to ports, hopefully, and taking some new uh you know some new stock photos but back to the point with the memes i mean i 
what I love about this industry, and I fell into it, right? I, I, I don't know if anybody, one, one, I don't know if any of us ever thinks to become a headhunter or recruiter when they, you know, I mean, you, you dream of becoming a policeman or going yeah. into space. I don't know, but you don't think that you're going to become a recruiter. So, I, I mean, I kind of stumbled across that. Secondly, I also don't know a lot of people that dream to become supply chain professionals. I also stumbled across that. But I think the beauty of this industry profession function is that a lot of people have, they're very down to earth because it forces you by, I mean, it forces you. That's the nature of the job. It's practical, pragmatic, get shit done type of people, right? Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're not really, this is, this. you need to get stuff done. Move the box from A to B, make it happen. Produce the, the thing. Um, and then that make, that gave them a certain sense of practicality down to earth that I love about it. And that's why I love, I mean, I, for me, it's all about the people. And usually that comes with a sense of, of humor, of fun, of, of, you know, I mean, it's, that's why memes for me are so, such an important thing. And to me, in my mind, and I'm obviously biased, but in my mind, some of the best leaders that I have seen and CEOs and board members are the ones that have a sense of humor. They can crack a joke of themselves. And and in truthfulness, now back to your question, like, do we lose business? Probably, but I, I just want to work. I mean, li- I believe life is short. And I think that we should work with people that we like and resonate and and no need to force things, right? So, I mean, if a client is right, great. If it isn't, no problem. There's other headhunters, right? And then... You know, if you can't take a joke, then, well, fine. But I don't want to be too serious because life is too short for that. Yeah. Well, hey, what about the Ever Given? I mean, half the news and information people got about the Ever Given was when it got stuck in the Suez Canal and a lot of the memes that came from it. And one of them here suggests let's stay topical. Halloween's coming up here in the United States. Let's take a look at this Ever Given Halloween costume. This is one of my favorite. This is the steal. This look is one of my favorite memes that came out <laughs> during the Ever Given thing. You got to get the cardigan with the with the shipping container boxes on it, the green slacks over there, Michael Vincent. Nice. You throw some evergreen stickers on the, on the side of your pants. <laughs> You're going good. You're God, rather, you, is this, what are you? You're going to wear this on October 31st? That is scary. <laughs> Probably not, but um, <laughs> it's worth it, it, it's 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 worth the creativity of whoever came up with it. But uh, but that's that's what it is, right? I mean, that's what makes us human. And then I I also strongly believe that it, when you laugh, right, you just relax, and and you're not, you know, when we're stressed, we, sometimes maybe we also fail to see solutions because you know you're just very, you know, like like this whereas laughter just makes it easier right so i i I almost think it's a it's i mean for me it's keeping me sane if i have if i didn't have this meme uh, dealing activity i would i don't know i i don't know what i would do to distress right i mean run like crazy (laughs) like forrest gump start running for 200 days i don't know so i prefer that i have memes as a a way of keeping sane than just running like a mad guy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and right away, hey, let's face it. Anybody who's lasted more than five, six years in this industry, they better have really thick skin or a good sense of humor because we we all have jobs in it because things get screwed up. But if you can't laugh at it every once in a while, you are going to lose. All right, but well, let me ask you about the darks, <laughs> the dark side of memes. What about when things become memes? Because of some, you know, it's, the great thing about freight going mainstream is that a lot of people are getting information about it. But whenever something goes mainstream too, you get a lot of hot takes. You get weird conspiracy theories. You got people you know, coming up with all sorts of theories. One of them here was by Ian Smith. Ian Smith is a fitness instructor on Twitter. And he posts this, and we can throw this one up there. He goes, manufactured crisis. This is a map of the cargo ships currently incoming and in a holding pattern offshore. Your country is under attack from the inside. 
Gigier, easy, dumb, kind of easy to brush off, has like 10,000 likes, and, he, but, and he's kind of using a map here to scare people, because when you zoom on, out on this map, I'll show you that in a minute, but here's the problem. Now, Rep Cawthorn, one of our politicians here in the United States, four hours later, he's roaming around Twitter. Apparently, he reads that tweet, and he goes, seeing lots of reports about cargo ships being held in holding patterns off our coast. Are these manufactured crises? Going to start looking into this update soon. <laughs> I don't know. So I reached out to my own fitness instructor, if we can take a look at Cody Rigsby here, who I talked to on my Peloton and who is also with Dancing with the Stars, he told me that this thing is going to last not just through Golden Week, this shipping crisis, Radu. If you throw Cody up there, this shipping crisis is going to be going through uh, at least his run on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Look, it's, it's, it's like, like with anything, right? So, I mean, uh, you know, uh, vaccines, right? Everybody's a vaccine expert. Uh, you know, they, they somehow, there was the joke, and it's not even a joke, it's the truth, that usually the people that flunked physics or chemistry or whatever in high school, they're the most expert now, right? <laughs> the people that can't solve their, you know, their kids' maths homework, they know everything about vaccines. Uh, we, we have that, it's bound, right? So there's no such, I believe there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? So again, the fact that the fitness instructor, Ian, was his name, he thinks that he knows supply chain. Obviously, he doesn't. But the fact that he starts a conversation. Now, there is a, a bit of a worry that, that your representative did not look into Google. I love the conversation. I love the conversation, Radu. I love that the conversations are happening. I do. And I, I would hope that the rep, now that he looks into it, and maybe it did prompt him to look into it, and, yeah. you know, he, he's just not going to go and make policy based on that fitness instructor and just leave it at that and think it's an invasion. I mean, for you, for those of you, too, who are not used to uh, seeing vessel maps, we have one here. I mean, this is what the world looks like. There's yeah. a lot of ships on the ocean, if you yeah, throw that up. There's a, a ton of ships all over the place. <laughs> and if you really want to get freaked out, though, I mean, like, look at this. Look at the airplane map. You could take an airplane map and say, like, the United States is, is under attack by airlines. Just think of all the people. If you show that airplane map, please, yeah, you'd see all the people parachuting into uh, the United States like is. the beginning of, of Red Dawn. But fortunately, that's not the case, is it, Radu? I, I don't know. I'm not in the States. I mean, just oh. look outside the window, see if... You <laughs> always see an airplane. You almost always see an airplane. You almost always see an airplane. Well, we're by an airport, too, so that helps. Well, Radu, yeah. we, we, uh, we are running out of time. What's next for you, and how can people reach out and learn more? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, we're having a fairly large, well, uh, hopefully largest supply chain um, virtual summit on the 10th of November. So uh, if you go to our website or to our LinkedIn, feel free to register. It's, it's, it's free for everybody. So that should be fun. And, and we're getting more than 100 speakers worldwide. So that, that should be a cool um, information sharing. And other than that, uh, yeah, we do a couple of things, uh, podcasting and serious stuff. But, uh, you know, if you if you want to be on our meme list, just hit me up on LinkedIn and I will include you. But uh, be warned, you cannot opt out once in. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> Terms and conditions may apply. Radu, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. It may, it's getting kind of late over there in Barcelona. So have a great time. Um, Same we to gotta... you guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, sir. Peace. All right. We got to thank a few of our sponsors before we get smarter. Let's see over here. With more than 1,500 maintenance bays offering light mechanical services and DOT inspections, Love's Truck Care and Speedco are investing in getting your drivers back on the road quickly and safely. Learn more at Tell'em, dude. Hey, go to loves.com, my friends. 
Hate your keep, hate your CPAP? I absolutely do. Headgear and claustrophobia are the number one reason CPAP users are not compliant, putting your CDL job at risk. If you haven't tried DreamPort by Bleep, you need to. DreamPort is the only clinically proven leak-free solution. The only product made in the USA... The only headgear-free solution. No headgear, nothing to nothing in the nose. Look great and sleep comfortably. Covered by all insurance, fits all machines. Better bleep and sleep to help you keep your CDL. Visit bleepsleep.com to find out why Dreamport is rated number one, number my friends. One. It's number one. All right, let's have Anna Nagurdi come on. She is from the Eugene M. Eisenberg Chair in uh, in Integrative Studies at Eisenberg School of Management, University of Massachusetts Amherst. They like to put a lot of letters in those titles, don't they, Anna? She's got a big business yes, card. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, how have you been? Card. When we met, so you were on the show last year, and you're yeah. telling us about adapting to the virtual world to teach students. Well, that didn't last that long because, as I learned, you are back on campus and you have students back in the classroom. What's the experience been like so far? Actually, it's been really, really interesting. It's been fascinating. I must say the students are so happy to be back on campus and to have face-to-face -face instruction. Uh, I have a classroom now, windows open, the technology is working, so I'm absolutely thrilled. And you can just see from the expressions in the students' eyes that they're just so excited about the subject material. I'm teaching transportation and logistics this semester, and I don't think there's any topic that's more interesting than supply chains to be teaching. It's been uh, a great experience. The students are doing their homeworks. They're even getting early job offers, which I think is wonderful. And yeah, I'm teaching with a mask. <laughs> and oh. I'm looking at my students with masks, but, but they've been good. And actually, the numbers are down, so that's reassuring. Oh, cool. Yeah, have, let's just stay on that for a second. So have, have they been good? You know, it, it really, I guess it depends on what school you're at, what part of the country you're at. It's been a weird time because, like, Michael Vince and I always bring up all the time, like, as college football season started and they showed, like, that Wisconsin Badgers game where you're looking yeah. at Penn State and there's, like, these giant full stadiums. But at the same time, you know, you turn on, on the news and, you know, Delta variant this, Delta variant that. It can be a very confusing time, right? So compliance a lot of times can be difficult. But it's good to hear that your, your, your students uh, kind of get it. Yeah, my students really get it. And they're very, very cautious, very, very careful. Uh, I think that we respect one another and we want to be, you know, in the classrooms face to face and engaging also in all sorts of university activities, including sport activities. So if we stay safe, if we wear masks, obviously, most of our students are vaccinated, faculty and staff as well. Not everyone, clearly, because there are always excuses, reasons you can opt out. So we're in it together. And I think it's a, actually, uh, sometimes it's stressful, but overall, it's been, uh, I think, a very, very positive experience. And we've been teaching for over a month now. So uh, things are working out so far, I think, quite That's well. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, uh, welcome to the show, by the way. Uh, and it, it's really nice to hear the enthusiasm of the students yeah. uh, studying supply chain and logistics, et cetera, and that they're getting job offers, early job offers as well. There's excitement that is going on there in this industry that I've been in for 34 years, and Dooner's been in for a number of decades as well. Uh, so, is it the recent things that is causing this enthusiasm? One, and Will we be able to sustain this going into the future, the enthusiasm of young people, bright minds coming into this industry? 
I think most definitely if you're reading a lot of the business publications are saying this period, this millennium is really the millennium of the supply chain. It's not just finance and marketing. It really is supply chains. It's the operations. It's the transportation logistics. It's the demand forecasting. It's the quality of so, uh, assurance. All these things really, really matter. And students get it because they've experienced the shortages, the increases in prices, and their family members have in terms of food, right? Uh, some of my students were saying, oh, my brother's a bodybuilder. He used to eat seven eggs a day, and my family couldn't get eggs for him. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> Others also have side jobs. Some actually are involved in construction, and they're extremely frustrated by the price of lumber going up or not being available, you know, not being available. So uh, students are getting it. And also, I think they're very idealistic still, even though it is the pandemic. They want to do better. So they want to do uh, learn the important topics. They want to be educated so they can help society. Okay. So, and I think, you know, supply chains, logistics, and transportation, these are the fields that are really helping society because they make the goods move, you know, the vaccines, the products that we need, the medicines, and of course, food, you know, sports equipment, you name it. Nothing happens without transportation and logistics, like I tell my students. And they understand it and they yeah. love it. And I love it. <laughs> well, let me ask you something. How much has this mainstream attention? Because mainstream attention, that means your students are reading all of these things. Like, hey, Michael Vince, I was in Parade today. I mean, like, supply chain is everywhere. Mike, uh, Craig Fuller was on The Daily Show. He was on The Today Show. He was on yeah. um, Al Jazeera. He was on everything. I mean, the the, the, yeah. the conversation is out there in the public. So you yeah. have students who are going, like, hey, I saw the earnings were down at Nike, or I heard that, you know, there may not be toilet paper again, or Lunchables are gone, or like, or, or whatever it may be. Is that driving your curriculum this year more so than it would have in the past? I think uh, definitely, although I've always been the kind I've done, I've been writing books on supply chains for the last 10, 15 years. And I've always been saying it's not just in time and lean manufacturing. We also need to do the disruption management. I teach a course in humanitarian logistics and healthcare, and that involves a lot of, you know, disaster relief, emergency preparedness. And that's the kind of focus that our executives, our practitioners have to have. You have to be able to understand, you know, all these different what-if scenarios, because they're huge costs if you don't factor in, you know, if this link goes down in your supply chain or that node goes down, you have to be factoring that in, and you have to be much more resilient and robust. And it, it's fascinating to figure that out. You know, which links really matter? Which nodes really matter? You know, how should we be optimizing our routes, our processes? What if, you know, this scenario takes place? What if that scenario takes place? You know, you can just go talking and researching and writing about and educating students about ad infinitum. It's very, very dynamic. It's very, very real. And students love that in a business school. And I get students not just from business, I get them from engineering. And it's important that we all work together and learn as much as possible, you know, to help our country. It's imperative. And something else I've been doing a lot of work on and writing, and it's getting across the students, you know, it's not just, um, 
a matter of manufacturing widgets and products, right, and transporting them. You have to have that critical labor resource. We need to take care of our truckers. We need to take care of our warehouse workers, uh, our migrant labor, our farmers, and so on. So we've done a lot of modeling and analytical work, you know, how to include those in supply chains. And that's gotten actually a lot of recognition because then you can figure out, you know, if you have a disruption in labor, if you don't invest in labor and their health and well-being, what is that going to do to profits? What is that going to do to prices? You know, what's going to happen to this demand market or that demand market? And that's been my mantra. Please, let's take care of people. Let's take care of workers. Without workers, we got nothing. <laughs> okay, Very so that's true. really, really important. Yeah. Very true. Absolutely and, you know, you true. are, Radu was on earlier. You know, he's with Alcott. They do executive search and executive placement and stuff like that. And, you know, we talk about labor within the warehouses and truck driver shortage and all of those kind of things. But there's also an executive shortage. So there's, there's a lack of labor at, at all levels. And you are teaching the future leaders of America. It's great to see students seek it out. We are out of time, Anna. But how do people join your program over at UMass and become a, a minute man? of supply chain. Okay, that'd be great. We have a fabulous operations and information management department. We have tracks in integrated operations and information management and also in supply chain management. We have uh, wonderful clubs for our students. Uh, they visit different kinds of factories, different kinds of firms. Uh, practitioners come and speak in our classes. It's a obviously fabulous community. So do join in. We also have MBA programs. We have PhD programs uh, and uh, all sorts of certificates with uh, a few courses, for example. So you're Very all good. welcome. And our online program is also great too. Well, thank thank you so much. Excellent. And we appreciate your time today on the show. Take care and uh, keep educating you're America. You're welcome. Keep Take up the great work. Thank you. We have um, so our next guest is Katie Houston. She's a sales director from Indigo, and we have a quick video to kind of show you what they do. So cool. let's roll that right now. What if technology simplified dry bulk shipping? What if it streamlined the work you were already doing at no charge to save you both time and money, cutting out paperwork and phone calls? What if it connected an open network of egg shippers and vetted carriers, enabling you to quickly book loads based on your rates and location preferences? and then track deliveries real-time? Welcome to Indigo Transport. Enroll today at indigoag.com slash indigotransport. Pretty cool. You know, we're wow. going to be talking about break bulk in a little bit yeah. and what's going on with there with Coca-Cola. But she's an Eastern Illinois Panther, home to alumni Ooh. like John Malkovich. So she's nice. being John Malkovich today. Katie, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing great. I, you know, ag is the space. So I follow like a couple of farmers and and just like every other industry, there's been a ton of complaints. But uh, some of the people I've seen in, in ag talking about these conditions, they seem to be even on higher alert, right? They, they seem to feel like the supply chain's even more threatened, especially these milk haulers I was talking to over the weekend. What is going on in ag right now? What are some of the issues? Well, so some of the issues are directly relate back to the technology, you know, we in the ag industry don't have those capabilities to, you know, have the insight into their supply chains. They are manually tracking things. They are manually doing things with um, spreadsheets and Google Docs and wipe off boards. And, you know, if their supply chains could get more efficient and the technology enables them to do that, this is what our platform does. That technology allows them to be more efficient in their in their supply chains so that they can be more profitable. 
So, Katie, welcome to the show, by the way. And, 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 I, and, and I think it is some of the some of the angst there is in ag is is there seems to be this like there being a decisions made not to pull some of the exports out of the United States that have kept some of the yeah. things out of there. But well, I have I have angst when they have angst because they have they are food supply. Oh yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> so, yeah. I get I get hungry. I eat I eat a lot and I'm, I get hungry. But it, now the technology. Why do you think it is that it is that difficult for for them to see there? And wh why has that come? And how do you overcome those challenges when you talk about other industries that do and have accepted technology trying to de-silo data and accept the right uh, technology? Sure. Great question. Um, so yeah, these farmers, I mean, they are being passed down from generation to generation, right? I mean, they have been in their families forever and they have just always done things without technology, but, you know, and so they've been resident to adopt that tech. Well, in our research, we're talking to, you know, growers and farmers and, and they're understanding that they need the technology to keep going, right? And so they're interested in adopting this tech and, you know, Indigo is the first one to put something out there for them to really create those efficiencies. Okay. So it's just change, right? You know, I mean, it, people are always reticent to change, right? So sure. it's just a different way of doing business. Sure. But I mean, tech is great, but tech has to solve real world issues. I mean, tech, tech is tech, right? It's still digital, yeah. but the data only means something if some physical thing is happening. If that bodybuilder can't get his six eggs and can no longer build his body somewhere down the chain, there may have been tech that could have helped that solution. But what are the actual problems? So the actual problems are, is that the, the, the farmers, um, you know, traditionally are using one truck, right? Mm. They have a family member that drives it for them. They can't sell their grain past 30 miles because that that's all that's available to them. Our platform is going to allow them to be connected with carriers that are willing to haul their grain and drive it farther so they can sell it at a higher rate. So mm. they're being more profitable and they're, and the, platform is allowing them to find those trucks and match them through technology so it takes off of that manual work that they're used to. Yeah, so it's opening up to more markets, more profitable markets, and more efficient ways to get that product to that market so they can tap into those well, what percentage, like What percentage would you say are not tech-enabled like tech -enabled or what you would consider tech-enabled? What percentage of like farms or, or, or farmers? Yeah. In the majority. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I mean, it's like Christmas. Talk, I mean, I've, I've talked to customers that you know, they are literally using wipe off boards like their drivers sure. come into the office in the morning and the wipe off board gives them their schedule and where they're going. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, I mean, this is a lot of trucking companies are, are the same way. And, and we, you know, in, in this space, we're the same hurdles, right, of getting people tech enabled and evangelizing tech and, and understanding how it works. And also and now we're actually in the phase here where we're talking about people are getting the right tech, you know, not getting the wrong one and leaving it inside in the box and not sure, using it. Sure, all. So sure, we're, sure. we're trying to cycle through that period. But for those that are in ag, they're looking to uh, to upgrade and, and get some of this tech. Where should I send them to, Katie? Yeah, so you can go to indigoag.com um, and the, our website has um, where you can click on for buyers, for growers. You know, we have a marketplace to sell grain as well. So the website really does a good job of um, leading you to the right people. Very cool. Thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. All right, Michael. Yeah, Vincent. thanks Thank for having me. Thanks, Thank you. Katie. All right, now, Michael Vincent, we got to get into a little big deal, a little deal. Some oh, stories today here, too. Little deal. Boom.
All right. This time I've been smarter. I pulled up my own image for myself here. So here's big, awesome. big deal, little deal. <laughs> Michael Vincent, or dude, dry bulk is back. Due to the shipping crisis, Coke is resorting to using bulk shipping to keep production lines running. Alan Smith, a procurement director at Coca-Cola, okay. he wrote on LinkedIn, and this time I was smart enough to bring it up for myself. You can read it there, too. <laughs> is when you can't get containers or space due to the current ocean freight crisis, then we had to think outside of the box or the container. Three bulk vessels loaded this week with 60,000 tons of material to keep our production lines running across the world. This is the equivalent of uh, 2,800 TUs that traditionally would have shipped with the shipping lines. The first of many, we hope, over the coming months and a prime example of excellent collaboration between our procurement teams or supply chain partners. Big deal or little deal? I think it's an absolutely enormous deal. And there may be people out there that are thinking that it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. This is Coke. I don't drink Coca-Cola. It's exactly. one company, that type of stuff. But Baloney, Coke is a massive, Look, take, massive company. Take, show show the actual ship to the yeah, people. Show yeah, show the ships here that's going on here. This is what's going on. This is Coke that is massive. Worldwide has all kinds of influence and cash. Yeah. They have to resort to this to get to get capacity. This is a big deal and shows you just how vulnerable and weak things are right now. That is my contention. And you, I try to argue with you in here, but I'm not on this one. Um, this is one that I, I put this story on there. And I had some of that blowback from people. And they're like, how is this a, a bad sign of anything? It shows that Coke is adapting and using the market. Well, and that it is. is a good that thing. That is a good sign. But overall, for the shipping market, which is the context that we speak in, is yeah. that it isn't good. Because if you think about Coke and with all their leverage and the way that shipping contracts work with agents in the steam ship lines is there's a seat at the table but you got to be a really big mega shipper to really have that seat and to have that influence and what's scary is a lot of these mega shippers like the coca holes of the world are not getting those quantity agreements yeah, being met have it. they're resorting to go to bulk so if they can't get it met what hope is there for you if you're a smaller seller and that's the point of why that's a bad sign coke is taking extreme steps costco taking extreme steps chartering vessels um uh, target's doing it as well home depot so all those uh, and it's great that they're finding other ways to get here there's still the congestion they have to deal with but smaller shippers don't necessarily have those options. They can't just charter a ship. They can't just throw things on break bulk. Yeah, absolutely. So it is a big deal right now. It is a big deal for the future to watch because some of these innovations, some of these things that they're doing are going to stick. Yeah, no, they are. And, and I think change. It, maybe it's maybe it's smart. I mean, this obviously, you know, Coca-Cola, it's their procurement director. He's like, look, we have never done this break bulk thing. But the Coke has to keep on pouring. It has to keep on pouring, and hey, look out, carriers, because they may find a better way to do it, right? That is Coke's more... the bellwether, though. I mean, Coke's like that canary in the coal mine. I mean, Coke goes down, like, again, like, what are we going to do? Oh, what chance is there for Got to have Coke. Yeah. Got to have it. All right, Dooner. So uh, here, according, Dooner, according to the Fontana Herald News, two suspects from Los Angeles were arrested in Fontana, California, uh, after they allegedly stole a tractor trailer full of children's toys, according to the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. Big deal or little deal? Well, friend. it's a huge deal. We keep trying to tell everybody there might be a toy shortage and you got to go Christmas shopping and there's resin shortage. <laughs> and Santa Claus told that girl in the meme there was a resin shortage. So that's what she thinks. And now this guy's stealing trucks full of toys. They're stealing trucks full of toys that could have gone to that could have gone to kids that could have been on the shelves. It's one less Christmas gift to keep your kid happy this year. And I know Christmas isn't all about the gifts. You don't have to go and and virtue signal that on on a post. Do you know when people do that? Hey, yeah. Christmas is about. I know it is. Okay, but why don't you tell <laughs> your kid that on giving. Christmas morning when he's upset because he doesn't have the PS5 or the Transformer he wants? I know we can teach him life lessons and take him to the food court, Michael Vincent. Christmas is about a, giving. It's about Dooner giving yeah, the PS5 I mean, to his kid. Your kid still wants some Legos or something. Here, I mean. 
Darn give right, me a he break. does. He does. You're no. gonna end up like Homer Simpson buying the squeaky toy for the that that that. that, that now, that's if smart. there were a gang of guys out in Fontana, California, stealing tractor loads of yeah. or truckloads of toys, I'd agree with you. It's a big deal. These two boneheads were driving around in a truck that they accidentally stole. Yeah. Well, they accidentally stole a truck full of toys. They stole the truck on purpose, but well, it was yeah. accidentally full of toys. Yes. And it had GPS on it. They drove a couple miles away, parked in a parking lot right next to a uh, right next to a big <laughs> avenue. Yeah. And they were in, sitting in the trucks when the cops come up and go, hey, is this your truck? Uh, no. <laughs> it reminds me of those pistachio guys, the guys who had the tagged pistachios. Yes. <laughs> right next door, selling the pistachios back to the people they stole it from. All right. So uh, <laughs> what did I say? Big deal? You said Wait, big you're supposed to say it's a little deal. I did. I just said okay. it's a little deal because these boneheads didn't even know what they were doing. It's All not right. like there's a ring of toy thieves right, out in Fountain. That's fair then. All right. Moving on. Dude, a map. <laughs> <laughs> I need to compose myself here. These are my people I'm talking about. A Massachusetts mom called 9-11 after her 17-year-old son came home from the Robbie Rocco of Bonehead's Barbershop. So I guess they went to get their haircut by Robbie Rocco. His barbershop is Bonehead Barbershop. He, has, he gets a haircut she doesn't like. Let's take a look at this first tape. Yeah, let's do it. Look at this lady wasting my day. Wait for a bad yeah, right for here. a bad haircut. For a bad haircut that I that I gave her that I gave her son that he asked for. You Look laugh? at her. Wasting my day. Look at this whack job. Boneheads barbershop. Boneheads barbershop. Whack job. Whack yes. job. Can you tell him to get away from Not, my face? No, I won't. No, I won't. I Look, at her. Well. Look, at her. Look at her. Look at her. Look at her. Look at her. Wow. All right, so it's a huge deal and a brilliant thing uh, so, for comedy. Uh, well, what happened there? So what happened is, is, is Rocco is the bonehead in jail now for giving bad haircuts, crimes against fashion, something like that. Let's hear from him what happened after this. Yeah, let's get his take. A 17-year-old kid comes to the barbershop for the first time. I'm like, hey, bud, what do you want? He's like, I want a high and tight. I'm like, oh, all right, let's get it. I go, what, what do you want on top? He's like, a number two. I literally stop and I'm like, bro, a number two's real short. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. I'm like, are you sure? It's real short. Yep, yep, just do it. I said, okay, grab the number two, bang. This kid literally said nothing the entire haircut, nothing. He tips me. I'm like, hey, bro, have a good one, dude. Have a, have a good school year, do good at basketball, all that. 20 minutes later, his mom comes busting in the door. Oh, it's too short. It's too short. I'm like, hun, your your son asked for a number two. No, no, no. It's too short. It's too short. I'm I'm gonna sue you. I'll see you in court. And she calls nine one one. Crazy. Wow. <clears throat> How you like them apples? All too? right. So now you know the story here. Big deal or little deal? I think it's uh, obviously it's a it's a it's a little deal in my mind, but but it is absolutely completely hilarious. No, it's a I huge deal. It. You can't use nine one one like it's your personal complaint line like that. What are the police both? They're going to sue a guy. His hair's going to grow back. It's not like he had it grown out like the Jaguars quarterback. Deal, man. His hair's going to grow back. He brushed that thing, deal. you know, with a horse comb for three years straight, putting <laughs> expensive conditioner and stuff in it. No, he's, he's got like a number two and a high and tight. <laughs> <laughs> right? She, she wants him brought into court. Like, what is the judge going to say? It's a little deal. That's what he's going to say. Is he you suing him? What, what well, no, gonna... but it's a big deal to use the 9-11 to, uh, to, to promote such garbage. <laughs> at least she wasn't You ever caught. get a haircut like that that you just totally hated? Why can't the kid wear no. a hat for a couple weeks? 
Well, he could go ahead for a couple. Of Maybe he's got an odd-shaped head. Maybe his I dome's can't. a little crooked. I don't know. What do you reveal? Like a scar? Was he like Damien in the Exorcist? He could have he's got like, like a big six, zipper six, six head. On the they call me zipper head in college football. I got a big zipper. Like back. a weird divot or something? Yeah, People are got just a divot making fun in the of back him? of my head. Hey, I'm gonna go, I, next time I'm in Boston, Robbie Rocco, I'm coming for you. Find him on TikTok, Robbie Rocco, Bonehead Barbershop. You can number two me. You can number one me. You can straight racing me anytime. Catch us at Ocean Waves October 6th. Register for free. Live.freightwaves.com. Gene Soroka kicks it off. We got a full up the truck from the event. Find me at Timothy Donuts, D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Tell them how to be. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere. Go to Boneheads. Get your hair cut.